Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Hi friends, Jamie Ivey here. Welcome to the very last episode of season two launch. We had a great season. We talked with Beth McCord, Elisa Keaton, Rachel Cruz, Josh and Christy Straub, Shanira Williamson, Crystal Payne, David Platt. It was a season of great conversations. I hope that as my co-host Lisa Whittle and I had conversations, you were able to see yourself in them. You were able to feel less alone. And then I hope, as you heard from experts, that you were cheered on and encouraged to keep going in this parenting journey because we are in it together. Well, today is our final episode, and it's another bonus episode. This is all about mothers and sons. Last week, you heard Mothers and Daughters with Crystal Hurst and Karis Ferris, and today is Mothers and Sons, and I brought one of my favorite mother-son combos, Lisa Bevere and her son, Addison Bevere. We had a great conversation just talking all about life with parenting sons, and so many of you out there are mamas that have boys in your life, and you're going to love this conversation. Guys, if you missed any of the shows, it's not too late. Go back and listen to them. And if this podcast meant anything to you, the greatest gift you could ever give Lisa Whittle and I is a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps others find the show. It keeps it going. We love making the show for you so much. So we would be so honored if you would go give us a rating and review about the show. Friends, thanks for listening to season two. Here is episode 12, a bonus episode all about mothers and sons with Lisa Bevere and her son, Addison Bevere. Lisa Bevere, Addison Bevere, welcome to our bonus episode of Launch, where we're talking about mothers and sons. Now, listen, I want to tell you both, we have talked about everything on this season. We've talked about money. Uh, Season one, we hit sexuality. We've talked about being friends with your kids. We've talked about all kinds of things. And everyone sends in messages is like, how do I just tell me about moms and sons? Tell me about moms and daughters. And so when I thought about who I want to talk to, um, Addison, we had never met, but I know your mom. And I was like, I know your mom has these boys. And I know that that y'all have great relationships. So welcome to the launch podcast, Lisa and Addison. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. Lisa, give us a little insight into your family. Tell us about your family unit. Okay. So I am the mother of four men. So we we do, that's what all we do is uh, men in our world immediately family. And then I am about to be the grandmother to seven. Addison is my very first born, which means... I made the most mistakes with him. So I, I, I always, I'm a firstborn. I think that's why the Bible says the firstborn gets the double portion because we suffer the most. Our parents do mm. experimental parenting with us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Addison is, is our COO of Messenger International. He is the new improved version of John and I. Uh, he is smarter. He is kinder. He is more handsome than my husband. I can say that because he's my son. And wow. um, he's exactly what I prayed he would be. So uh, he, is, he is the firstborn of the tribe of males. 
Okay, Addison, your mom just set you up for success. I just need to say that. Anything you want to add to that? I know you're married. You have kids. Anything else? Yeah, four kids, two boys, two girls. Uh, Bookends are boys, girls in the middle. And I love my mom. And I've never done Have we ever done this before? No. I've done a lot. Yeah, we did a Moms of Men course. That's right. uh, but, But we've never done an interview together. I honestly thought you were going to say I was your favorite. I thought that's where you were going. I was ready for it. I was ready <laughs> okay, for it to be well, officially yeah. announced on air. But. Okay, so I I will say this, Jamie. I will have loved Addison the longest. That is a true statement. You have, you have had the it. most love from your mom. I love it. I always joke that my favorite kid changes on the daily, and I'm fine with that. It's yeah. just what's happening today. That's where you land. Lisa, I want to ask you this straight up from the beginning, is that you said I'm the mom of four men. And I do know that, you're, that your children are grown, and so I would categorize them as men. But is that an intentional statement that you're making when you say that? Because you said you have a course on mothers at raising men. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Um, so here's the thing. I had other women calling me and they, they had young boys and they said, they're always naked. I feel like I'm making a mistake. They're stripping me of my femininity. How do I survive? They touch things I don't want them to touch. What do I do? And so I thought, okay, that's boys. And we have a lot of single mothers that are raising boys without men in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to actually give them the benefit of you can be a mom of a man, that moms mm. of men isn't the same as moms of boys. And, you know, Jamie, I feel like John and I have got this incredible bonus in our life where we've got lengths of days with our, our children. A lot of people, their children are gone at 18, maybe 22, but we do life with family. And I probably should clarify, we are Italians. So that is kind of a prerequisite that you have to stay in the family as long as possible. But I do feel like there is a attack on men. And I feel like we need to celebrate masculinity and femininity and mm-hmm. our inability to celebrate the healthy uh, is, is actually been very detrimental to both male and female. I agree. I'm so grateful for that. Is that course available online that I could send people to? Yes, it's on Messenger X and it's free of charge. Perfect. We'll send a link to that. Uh, Also, Lisa, before we jump in, I need you to know, I meant to tell you this before we started, but now I'll just tell you. Uh, Our family spent 30 days in Italy last year. And so I feel like I have this deeper connection with you than I ever had before. And so it was just the best month of maybe my entire life. And it was so fabulous. (laughs) Do you? uh, Yeah, I mean... The, the rhythm of their lives, eating dinner with family, uh, everything. It, it's what I feel like is healthiest. And um, I'm glad you enjoyed my people. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15 and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her and I love what's in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. 
Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Like Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. All right, I want to talk about this mother-son relationship. And Lisa, you've done this four times. Addison, you're, you're a parent as well. And so I, I'm not opposed to any advice you want to give us as well. But I would love to talk about this mother-son relationship. And Lisa, I want to go back, way back when your kids were younger. And let's talk about what that, the three stages that I want to talk about with parenting would be. Let's do elementary school. We're going to leave the preschool and the infant to another conversation. Let's do elementary school, middle school, and then high school. So those are three pretty um, significant stages in the life of a child. I'd love to just hear from you what those stages look like for you as a mom and how you try to engage and develop that relationship with your boys. Well, I think first and foremost, I had the benefit of reading an article when my boys were young that said it was it was kind of that whole movement of self-image and uh, self-confidence. And I remember reading the psychologist said that people that think they're the center of the universe do not grow up to be nice people. And so I was like, okay, I need to have my children be self-aware, but not self-absorbed. And so what do we do that? One of the things that I think I did well, and I want to say, I'm going to use the word well, not perfect, um, was that we ate dinner together every single night. And then the other thing I did with my kids in elementary school was I read to them. And I feel like reading is so key. Uh, I love to read. Reading is my favorite thing. I think reading is Addison's favorite thing. But we started out reading books together before before they actually even understood how to read themselves. And so reading was key. Conversations and actually training your children. I think too many people... Uh, serve their children, they don't train them. And that that turns into your daughter-in-law's hating you in the future because you're, you've spoiled your sons and they don't know how to live and interact. So our kids did chores. Uh, they worked together. And, um, you know, I think I spent a lot of time navigating wrestling and conflict and things like that. The other thing is I wish I would have understood knowing what not to do isn't enough. You have to have a constructive and can I say consistent approach. And that was not something I was really good at uh, for a really long time. And then I realized this, this isn't, this isn't turning out well. So what do you mean by that, Lisa? Like what, what would you look, but if you're looking back and saying, I didn't, I just knew what not to do. What do you mean by that? Well, so I was raised in a crazy family. My parents were divorced twice, remarried, uh, alcoholic, really broken, two broken parents. And so I knew that I didn't want to do life that way, but knowing how to do life well was not something I'd ever had modeled for me. And the truth is we don't follow what we uh, 
think about, we follow up what's been modeled for us. And so I love that there's certain things that we did well, and then there are certain things that we did not do well. Like, okay, for example, my husband traveled full-time preaching and he would call and there would just be chaos in the house. And I might start yelling at the boys. Like I put the phone up and be like, I'm going to spank everyone when I get off the phone. And then I'd be like, Hey honey, he'd be like, uh-huh. did you just tell the children you were spanking everybody? And I'd be like, I, I did. And he was like, are you really going to do that? No, no. He said, so now you're lying to the kids. I'm like, listen, don't you judge me. You are not here in this house. You should not understand what it's like to have four boys. But, you know, being saying one thing and doing another, mm-hmm. I, I saw that model for me. Yeah. And it's very yeah. confusing to children. I don't, yeah. I don't see Addison and Julie doing that. Mm-hmm. Thank God. So <laughs> Addison, you, uh, you, by your mom's own admission, might have taken the brunt of those learning decisions, which I think that is, I look at my own family and uh, example I give often is my daughter is 15 and she's a freshman and she's the youngest and her brothers all had a leg into social media by now and she does not. And so she tells me often it's not fair because the brothers got social media early. And I said, yes, and I learned my lesson and you're not going to. And so I feel like you learn your lesson as parents and be willing to say, sorry, fourth kid, you don't get to do this, even though first kid did. Addison, as you hear your mom talk about, you know, looking back on things that she tried to do to cultivate the relationship with her sons, you being one of them, what are some things that you remember and that you look back and you think, man, this was a really this was a really great thing that I saw my mom um, mom and dad, but specifically your mom model for yeah. you. I have a lot of memories of my mom apologizing to me. <laughs> a lot. I love that. I a hope my kids do memories. as well, Addison. <laughs> and I think as parents, we feel this pressure to be perfect. And if we're not mm-hmm. perfect, then what we say to our kids and what we invite our kids into is compromise. And I, I saw something modeled uh, by my mom and by my dad, but this idea that humility creates safety. And my mom would would stoop in a sense, I think in a way like God does stoop down to our level and elevate us by coming down in humility and inviting us into moments um, that let us see what she was navigating as a mom who had a husband who traveled constantly. And as a as a firstborn, it allowed me to mature an understanding of who my mom was and allowed me to grow into this place where I didn't just see my mom as my mom. I also saw her as a daughter, as a woman who was navigating her own desires, her own thoughts, her own growth trajectory. And so that was really special being invited into that. And we made a lot of mistakes, but there were a lot of apologies. And that that is just, it fosters growth. It fosters a growth mentality mm. when you know, like you're going to miss it. But when you do miss it, if you respond the right way, that can actually turn into a moment of connection and understanding. That's so good. You know, Lisa, a lot of parents would struggle with that a little bit and think, listen, I'm in charge here. So if I apologize to my kids and I'm letting down my power guard and um, I agree completely with Addison about what it actually shows. But can you speak to the importance of what that meant for you as a mom? He just spoke of what it meant to him as a son. What did that mean for you as a mom and why was that important for you to do that? So I had a mom that would say things like, I'm really sorry I hit you, but you make me so angry mm, when you did it's that. It's your fault. Yeah. So it was sorry. all my fault. It, it <laughs> yeah. was my fault. I was hit. It was my fault. And I, uh, when I had my second child, um, Jamie, I, I had to come to the place of a confrontation with some really unresolved issues in my life. 
Um, I blame the fact that I had so much anger on the issue of I lost an eye when I was five. My parents were divorced. My dad was an alcoholic. I'm half Sicilian. Of course, I'm mad. I had all of these excuses and I found myself in a moment almost behaving in a way that my mother had treated mm -hmm. me. And in that moment, Jamie, it was such a wake up where I realized uh, every time I was hit, every time I was slapped, every time I was shoved, every time I was kicked, I made myself a promise. I will never treat my children this way. Mm. And yet there I was, a born again, spirit filled pastor's wife, getting ready to hurt Addison, my firstborn, because I felt so out of control of a situation. And it broke me. And I remember just coming to this place where I hit the carpet and I said, it's, it's not the witches in Orlando. It's not my husband. He's not here. It's not my parents. It's me. Mm. I have a real problem with anger and I don't know how to get free. And I find um, that that same humility that Addison was talking about when I actually no longer make excuses for myself, then God stoops in and says, all right, because you're no longer justifying this, I'll take it out of your life. And that was a turning point uh, for me. There's a difference between apologizing and confession. And confession is when you own something. Apology is when you make excuses for it. And so that was a huge turning point for me when I just had my second son. That's really important for people to hear because, you know, I've said it a million times and I think I'll say it until I die unless... Lisa, you tell me there's something on the other side of sending these kids into the world is that I think I will go to my, I will die saying parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's not, I always say it's not hard because my kids are bad. It's just hard because it's just hard. Like it's just we've got six people in this house with six personalities and sense, six sin struggles and six emotions and six hard days and six people trying to follow Jesus. And it's the most intimate place that we all live is in our home. And it's just hard. And so I think that you even encouraging moms as they're listening hey, it's okay to, to mess up, figure it out, do better then, apologize, confess, and move forward. And I think that's really, really great. Addison, I want to ask you as a dad to four, what does it look like for you to model what you've seen your parents model in their parenting of you? How has that changed the way you parent your four kids? Yeah, I would say I've, I've carried that with me. And, and I've seen the way my kids interact with each other. Uh, because of it and the strength of relationship that they enjoy and that they share. And going back to what you said, Jamie, like life is hard. It is. We don't have to make it harder, though. And when we look at those those points in our in our life that feel like they're breaking and they're broken, it's the intersections of relationship. And that's where life really matters the most. We can be distracted with so many things during this lifetime. But the reality is people don't make life worth living. And so when we talk about doing difficult things, it's difficult to confess. It's difficult to humble ourselves in the middle of an extremely difficult situation. But I, I champion courage. Uh, we talk a lot in our family. We talk a lot about the cardinal virtues. And courage is one of those virtues. And we talk about what it looks like to be courageous in relationships, what it looks like to trust God to step in in situations where we're at the end of ourselves and we don't know we don't know what to do with that sibling, with each other. Like, what does it look like to actually trust God and make room for God to be God in that person's life? Because so often we try to do things in people's lives that we just aren't meant to do. We're just meant to mm. create a space, a safe place 
for God to do a work. And I think of what Peter writes, who says that love covers a multitude of sins. He's not using the term there, cover, is not like, it's not denying the multitude of mm. sins. It's actually creating mm-hmm. a place, an enclosure where those sins can be understood, where they can be addressed, and where we can move through them. And I think that's a beautiful picture of a healthy family. Hey, y'all, Jamie Ivy here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The guide to Christian colleges and universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology And most importantly, to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house. And what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I want to tell you about RO. RO is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions RO is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit-forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box that sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all going to put our phones up. RO is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family, and then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into RO, it will change your family life and culture. Check out RO at GoRO.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year RO membership when you use the code LAUNCH. 
I love what you guys have created and what it looks like. And I don't want to diminish anything hard that you've had to go through. I would be an illusionist to think there hasn't been hard in your family. Um, but I would like for you guys to speak just a minute, you know, this might be just for me and no one else, but I'll let everyone hear it as well. With having four kids between the ages of 15 and 19, three of them are boys. Lisa, I look at the way that you have this healthy relationship, um, close-knit relationship with your boys and their families. And I just would love for you to encourage the listeners and say, hey, this is possible. It, it is. It does not have to look the way the world says of kids hating parents and parents hating kids and everybody going their separate ways. So I'd love to you just to encourage us and like, how does that become possible uh, for your family and then for the listeners as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've touched on it. it. It's being willing to have the hard conversations. And, you know, John and I have probably learned as much from our children as they have learned from us. We, we want to be better parents. We want to be better leaders. We want to be better grandparents. And, I, and our children have, uh, have an open opportunity to speak into our lives. What we did is we said, you can say anything, but you just need to say it respectfully. You need to say it in a way that we're building something, not just deconstructing and tearing something down. At the end of the day, family is God's big, good idea. And we've been blessed to be able to do it together. But that also comes, like you said, with unique challenges. Um, we're committed to those challenges. It doesn't mean that it's, it's easy, but it does mean that we're all better for it. And, mm. um, you know, my boys will remember we had lots of family meetings. They'd all be like, no, not a family meeting. <laughs> and we, we just would not tolerate our boys fighting. We There were certain things that were requiring a family meeting. But one of my sons was asked, you know, how can, how come all four of you guys love God, love your parents, you know, want to be together? And he said, well, my parents did two things well. And, and, and he, this is what he said. They spanked us. And again, spanking is discipline, not punishment, you know, and they played cards with us. Now, I guess what I'm trying to say is be a family that disciplines and be a family that plays together. I and, love it. and I think meals are still important. Addison and Juliana, um, they create the same things that we did in our family. I got to go be part of a, a Sabbath dinner at their house and they're doing it better than John and I did it. And every generation can add their mm -hmm. own beauty to it. And I think, to be honest with you, I have a lot of people ask me more about how did I get my daughter-in-law's to be okay with being in my life now that I have married sons. And it mm -hmm. was, I included what they wanted and what they saw as family. I added it into our family instead of saying, this is us. Yeah. You can't, this is how you come into this. Mm -hmm. We we've brought in and tried to celebrate the things they have unique. I love that so much. Addison, what would you add to that? Well, I was going to say, when you were talking about fighting, I was like, we definitely fought <laughs> and you created space for us to fight. And there is a healthy way to engage in fights, right? Like there just is, there's a wrong way to fight. There's a right way to fight. And I would actually say that's one of the reasons why we have stayed close as a family is we have fought well. And there's a there's fighting fair and there's fighting dirty. And I think allowing your mm -hmm. children to see that modeled in your relationship as a married couple is important. Of course, is an appropriate way to do it in front of the children, but then also encouraging your kids to have words with each other. I think a lot of us, we struggle to have mm -hmm. honest words with God 
honest words with those closest to us because we didn't grow up in an environment where we felt safe to be honest with what we're navigating, what we're feeling, what we're desiring. Yeah. And so whatever you can do to facilitate that as a family, I think that's so important. And I've, I've made it clear to my kids, like, look, nothing, nothing is off the table, nothing. And James, you wouldn't believe, believe the things that my 13 and my 12 year old bring to me about what's happening in their world. Yeah. And I love that because that's where mm-hmm. I want to navigate yeah. it. And that's where closeness happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you said it, Lisa, is that you can say anything to us as long as you say it with respect. And that is a really, really big key of creating those safe spaces. You know, we have family meetings as well, and uh, ours often come with PowerPoints. And so the kids (laughs) sit down. We got a a slideshow for you guys. Wow. Oh, Aaron will work it. Aaron's working all day for the family meeting, what we're going to talk about that night. (laughs) And the kids, poor kids. Uh, You guys, Lisa and Addison, thank you so much. It's just and encouraging to hear from a mother and a son who have journeyed through years together and have um, encouragement for those that are listening. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Editing assistance from Lindsay Barnett and Roger Abounza. Show notes by Nikki Ogden. Art by Noel Rhodes and Maddie Byers. Original music by Matt Graham, hosted by Lisa Whittle and myself, Jamie Ivey. Thanks for listening to Launch with Jamie Ivey and Lisa Whittle, Season 2.